Hey guys, it's the great debates. Sure is. Wow. Whoa. Uh, another in our series of remotely recorded COVID edition podcasts. We're very far from one another, but we're very It doesn't close. mean we can't debate. Let's get right into yeah, it. Yeah, what are okay, we okay, measuring okay. distances here, or are we having a debate? No, no. We're going to measure each other's minds uh, in the form of debate. I've got a micro-debate. I'd like to suggest that Steve Healy take the pro. That's what I do, baby. In a listener top submitted by at Dr. Orbison. This is uh, Ben Orbison. Healy, are you ready? Ready. Born I got ready. four minutes on the clock. Hot sauces should be a little too spicy. I'm Steve Healy. I'm taking the pro. Of course, you have to push the limits. That's the point of a hot sauce. If you don't want hot sauce, get some other kind of sauce. Get sauce. Get picante. Get salsa. But hot sauce is designed to take you to the edge, to edge you out a little bit. And to do that, it has to be a little too much. By definition, a hot sauce is a little too much. It's something that makes you say, that's hot. And you want to add it because you want to feel a little dangerous. You want to feel a little excitement. You want to get a little kick in your food. You want to get something going. If you put some hot sauce on there, it doesn't get you going. It's not a satisfactory product. Hot sauce it's should be a little... Too spicy. Hot. Okay, Healy, I'm Dave King. I'm taking the con. It's one thing to say that's hot. It's another thing to say that's too hot. And that's what this uh, topic submits here. Obviously, you don't want your hot sauce to be too hot or too spicy. You want it to be, first of all, like hot sauces have a range of spiciness to them already. And so if something is too hot, that suggests to me that it was actually like mislabeled or misrepresented. A consumer should have their own choice of like, mild, medium, hot, spicy, Diablo, whatever it is, and have that be accurately represented by the spiciness or heat uh, level of the hot sauce. No, if I buy a hot sauce and it's hot and it's a little too hot, I'm bummed out. I go, oh, God, that's, that was too hot. That was, it's, it, by the way, it has the potential to like literally burn your taste buds, or not, maybe not literally, but it can like ruin your whole meal if something is too hot. If you get more heat or spice than you bargain for, then it like, you're screwed. You can't accurately taste the rest of the flavors. Okay, but you're misunderstanding the purpose of the hot sauce product. And most consumers of hot sauce and most makers of hot sauce understand that there's a slight game here where you are you're finding just a level okay you buy a hot sauce that is like diablo okay i'm gonna test myself then you want to be tested you don't want to be disappointed the number one cause of disappointment in hot sauce is not enough heat the surviving hot sauces the great sauces the enduring sauces your crystal your tapatio your tabasco they always take you that little bit further than you remember them taking you that's why they're in small bottles that's why you keep it with you it's there. It's it's like a little imp. You know, remember the hot sauce in your purse Hillary Clinton claimed to do at Beyonce? That's a little bit. You get swag from that because that's a cool kind of person who's got a little jar of edge in their yeah, purse. She, and that's but the, she didn't is say, the edge. She didn't get swag. From, first of all, I, it was lame. And second of all, she didn't get it was swag like Hillary from it being by lame, saying, but, but I have hot sauce. Okay, Healy, hold on. He didn't. She didn't get, like, points for it for... Um, having hot That's sauce in her bag. That's because we all know was, she's not the kind of person that would do it. She didn't get points for it for having hot sauce in her bag. That was hotter than it's supposed to be. She got points just for having hot sauce. 
you're you're i hate to like make reference to the most cliche comedy reference of all time but you're basically saying these go to 11 you're basically saying like no like you can make it hotter than it says it is but you can always like get hot sauce that is hotter than the one you're purchasing unless you're purchasing literally the hottest hot sauce in the world and it's important for the consumer to know exactly how spicy the hot sauce is that they're about to try moreover if you are like misled or if your hot sauce is hotter or spicier than you want it to be it's going to ruin the rest of the flavors. Okay. Like a person, like you're going to end up putting, you know, more hot sauce. If you think that it's not as spicy as it is, you're going to end up putting too much hot sauce on. That's there. half the game of hot sauce, Dave. You know this. It's not you know game. that that's part of the you game know, of hot really, sauce. The actually, first time you ever I, try hot sauce, it snaps at you a little bit and bites at you a little bit and that's fun and you understand okay this is the game of hot sauce when i want this experience i I, I get hot sauce to ensure that you get that experience medina medina i I, petitioning for a for a 40 second for more time petitioning more more time i'll wave my objection you want more time i'll wave my objection i I don't petition for more time but i wave my objection until it naturally ends let me just let me just add this, which is I'm not a hot sauce guy, yeah, but obviously. I don't like it at all. But Healy, you, I believe, have actually exposed yourself as a hot sauce novice because I think the true hot sauce aficionados are not into the game. They're into the accuracy. They're into accurately measuring. I forget what the scale is. That's like how hot the pe- how many fucking peppers or whatever dumb stupid yeah, thing at there the compa- is. The they very highest competitive the- level, yes. But in, for it's the average consumer, it's, that's, that's where not you're what wrong, Healy. About. It's not just it's not just at the highest level of competition. Hot sauce has become a mainstream condiment and. People People more so than ever know exactly how spicy or hot and or hot their hot sauce should be. And you have proven yourself to be the hot sauce novice. And that's the end of my final statement. And I appreciate the extension of time. Thank you. Heels, are you good? Well, I mean, if I'm offered more time, I'm going to say that I'm willing to. Yes, please. I'm willing to let you rebut that. Dave is right. At the competitive level, we do want to get down to the ghost pepper or whatever. But even those guys, I think, appreciate when it's a a hair over the line. Again, the the word little is in the topic, I believe. It shouldn't be much hotter, but it should be a little bit hotter. And look, that's part of the fun of making, selling, marketing hot sauce. It's a little too hot. It's a little or too spicy. It wasn't a little spicier. It was a little too spicy. Yeah, that's what you want to say about it afterwards. (laughs) Okay. A fruitful top, I'd say. Uh, This is great. It's so good to be debating again. Uh, It's very nice. What a treat. What a treat. So, uh, I personally agree with the thesis of the debate topic, right? Mm-hmm. I agree with the with the proposed or whatever it is um, resolved. Um, I feel a butt coming. I yes. feel that when I do, it makes the side of the pro that much more difficult because I already agree. So and yet, tell me, tell me why the debate <laughs> has been won. So in this case, I felt that Dave did an excellent job of telling me why. Uh, there could be a reason why it shouldn't be more spicy, and so I'm going to award him the, the, the win. Thank you. Um, 
heels, I just felt like I wanted more than, than like, yeah, you know, it should be too spicy. It should be more exciting. There needed to be a hard and fast reason there. I think I could have been clearer, but by the end of the debate, I think I was getting to the... I was exciting myself about the whole hot <laughs> sauce industry and how consumers interact with it. It should have been a main in hindsight. It should have been a main. There, this was a meaty topic. It, uh, you I know, honestly, the... if I were sort of a postmodern professor, I might use this idea of hot sauce and the sort of uh, lie that's baked into hot sauce marketing of, uh, to explicate some of what's going on in textual analysis, political science, etc. I think I could oh. actually build a slight French theory bullshit off that. I loved the description of the game between <laughs> hot sauce company and consumer. Can I, this is, I think we're in host chat now. Um, if, even though we're still talking about hot sauce, yeah. here's a question I have as a, as a genuine hot sauce novice, I really don't like it. I have no tolerance for spicy food or hot food. And that actually leads to my question. The topic was hot sauce should be a little too spicy. Is that the same as hot sauce should be a little too hot? I'm glad that I didn't get called out on that because I think that uh, mm-hmm. that's definitely an element there. Because it's almost like uh, by being too spicy, the hot sauce is kind of going sideways on you a little bit rather than further. Well, well what's the difference? How would you? I, I want to look this up to see if there is like a qualitative difference between spiciness and heat in a hot sauce. Well, couldn't we say that spicy could just be like some kind of unusual or tingling flavor versus heat which is essentially just like acidy intensity yeah here the first thing that comes up is spicy is the combination and amount of spices you put into a dish hot of course is how much of any type of a pepper or how hot that particular pepper is Mm. i feel like when if you had a hot sauce and it was too spicy you'd be like these guys too complicated i don't know i think you you might you might respect them for what they were doing because they're adding to the richness in a way that you didn't expect. I just ordered some new internet hot sauce that, um, or sorry, a refill of some some sort of internet hot sauce that is a new mommy sauce that has items that you wouldn't necessarily find in a hot sauce. I believe there's soy in there. There feels like there's burnt charred items. And it has a lot of breadth and depth. uh, And it's also spicy. And I think it it gets to the too spicy um, or the, the limit of spiciness. But everything goes together and is still har- harmonious. So I think if it was, there is, a, there is a world where you would go sideways and get too spicy. In my I spirit like- of uplifting other podcasts, I'd like to mention a podcast episode that, where they really go deep on some of these topics. It's on Dave Chang. He's been on our show, a friend of our of debates uh but dave chang's podcast he has eddie huang on and it seems oh, yeah. like what they're working out a few a sort of feud that may have begun over instagram about dave is making some sort of chili uh mamafuku chili uh, paste thing and eddie huang felt that he didn't pay enough respect to the sort of taiwanese origin of this particular condiment and they talk for like an hour about how do we honor a culture when we're using uh, its products? I wear, what about when we're doing a fusion, when I'm bringing from a lot of different traditions? How do I do that? And it's a really respectful and interesting and engaged discussion. I recommend it to you. But so, Dave, you just don't like to feel it when it gets spicy, hot. 
I can really only take a little bit of heat. Yeah, I didn't. I, I, we never what ate spicy happens? foods, hot foods. I like just you get, just like, feel uncomfortable. Sweaty, I don't yeah. like it. I feel like I can't taste anything other than the spice. Uh-huh. I just don't want to eat it. I don't know. I mean, like I've been trying to increase my tolerance a little bit, um, like with you know uh, tofu. You know, sort of like good Koreatown tofu soup. Uh-huh, I can uh-huh. handle a little a little heat in there. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I just have a very low thing. I think it's safe to say we were debating. Hot. Heat and not spice, even though the wording was spicy, right? right? I'm kind of recalibrating here because, so. uh, Dave, I know that you're talking about Beverly Soon tofu or something. I find that quite spicy. Well, I, I'm more familiar with the with the heat increments at um, BCD tofu. Yeah, okay. And I get, I only get it mild there. Okay, okay. And oh. that's pretty not. Hot, got it. But it still but is like for me. I'm like, that is, is interesting. Yeah, it tastes good. It suggests a fascination with something that you're not comfortable with, and well, yeah. yes, there's it, an interesting psychology there. That's where I'm. That's where I'm drawn to Healy's like edging uh, <laughs> argument <laughs> that it's all about pushing boundaries. <laughs> I think you think you're on to something there. You know what? It almost here's actually an idea for like a product. Healy is like mystery heat, where it's like a jar of salsa or hot sauce, and it's like this could be anywhere from like mild to like ghost pepper. Basically, mm-hmm. would you be interested in that? I don't. Are you think more so. likely to be disappointed if it's too hot or too mild? I think Keely's right. You're more likely to be disappointed if it's too mild. But what about a hot sauce that sort of marketed itself as like, this is too much. Please put this back. You don't want this. Well, that's kind of what there is a niche market, I feel like, of like ass kicking. I like, hate that. I hate that it's always about the, the ass and fire coming out of your ass <laughs> and getting kicked by an ass. Like, what the hell? I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, that's <laughs> Right. It's always like a, a donkey being branded. Like, there's always like a horseshoe brand going right on it. And yeah, it's bad. It's a bad world of anyway. I don't like that stuff. Oh, what a host chat. We're still talking about hot sauce. By the way, I feel like, he, Medina, when you said internet hot sauce, my first thought was like, if internet hot sauce was like a member of Odd Future, I wouldn't be surprised. It sounded to me like the name of a rapper I hadn't heard of. So. One other host chat item. I know we're going on here, but I got an email. It, this uh, email looks like it was over six months ago, maybe a year or more ago. <laughs> but it's from some listeners named Stacy and Matt. And they say uh, they binged all our podcasts as they've been studying for the LSAT. It's really fun applying argument concepts to our debates. Smiley face. That's nice. My, fonts, my fiance and I were both big bird watchers. Argued this one the other day, and I thought I'd submit it. Swans are the fanciest bird. Mm. I didn't think it was Hard quite pressed. a debate, but I wanted to bring it up in host chat. What are the other even nominees? I mean, swans yeah. off. Flamingo. The, a like, flamingo feels like a very the, fancy bird. Pretty yeah. fancy, but they're kind of known for being like smelly and they like evoke Florida to be in right. a way that doesn't so feel very fancy. They, I mean, crafts. they eat like little shrimpies out of the mud, you know. They're not yeah. Uh, I guess like the dove is is less fancy and more just sort of like noble. Yeah, but fairly mm. commonplace, you know. You might get a dove in your yeah. garage or something. 
Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. is it about okay? But so now, is fanciness really a measure of scarcity, or is it a measure of like class Elegance, and elitism? Uh, aren't exactly yeah. Uh, what about like a falcon or something? Well, that's Again, interesting. But that's too much of a sort of fighter, too engaged in the business of life to really be fancy. You know, fancy is kind of like out, out of the I game, see. sort of. Don't you think? Okay, right. Okay. Do you want a bird that would like wear white gloves? And the swan feels like it's wearing white gloves all the time. Yeah. What about a penguin? Is yeah, that a that's bird? interesting. But in a way, they're blue collar. You know, they're just mm. rare. They're down there mm-hmm. fighting it out in Antarctica. I Wearing think of tuxedos. them as, as more sort of like cute than mm-hmm. fancy. I think they're like likable. Well, I don't know. Readers, listeners, if you have any submissions for Please. any bird fancier than a swan. Bird fanciness is up for discussion. Should we uh, see huh. about getting into another debate here? I'd love that. Yeah, I think we have to. We, <laughs> we have to. I like that. Okay, this one... Um, you know, right now, it's very hard to go out and gather in large groups to do things that we like to do in those settings. Two of those kind of activities that draw large crowds are sports events and music concerts. I think that we're all wanting to take a hard look at how important these things are to our lives. And so, uh, listener uh, at Specialist RG, that's Ralph Garcia, has submitted this top that I think sort of gets into that um, that debate. Uh, Healy, I'd like you to take the pro. All right. And the topic is Americans prefer sports over music. I'm seeing people taking the pro. Basically, everything is a sport. We Our lives are sports. We're physical people. We're engaged in activities. The second there's a ball around, somebody's going to kick it. Most of business is thought of in con- uh, competitive kind of metaphors that come from sports. Any kind of physical game that you get into is sports, and every person on Earth has done some of that. Video games simulate that. I'm not saying they are sports, but that thrill that you're getting from uh, video games and maybe esports are sports i don't want to argue that what i'm saying is that sports is really the rubric under which we deal with life and it's a little hard to see that when you're in it but that's true and that's why professional sports and uh high school sports amateur sports are so crucial to our lives because they're sort of the most distilled version of that Music, on the other hand, is kind of just wallpaper. I mean, it's great, don't get me wrong, and it's very important, and it can stir your emotions, but it's an accoutrement. It's not the whole package. Whereas just uh, if you go from the, uh, if you imagine a primitive, uh, our our earliest ancestor living in a tree in the African uh, savanna, Basically, he's engaging in something that is a sport, competing physically to survive, to get the points, food, nuts that he needs to live. And I don't think we've broken out of that. So I think that sports are far more important than music. And music is just a kind of uh, nice thing that helps us uh, get through life. But sports are life. Okay, this is a very interesting topic. And Healy, I want to start by saying that I thought that was an interesting attack on this topic and not one that I that I thought you were going to go with. Um, so I'm a little, I'll admit, I'm a little on my heels here, but I do think that let's, 
let's uh, let's take a different sort of you know fifty thousand feet view of things. There are a large percentage of Americans who simply don't care for sports at all. And that goes as a, that I would imagine that most of those people are women um, or non-binary people, but I think a large percentage of men as well. I think you and I all know guys who are just like I just don't like sports. Much rarer so is the person who says, like, I just don't like music. I mean, if you do you know anyone who says, I don't like music? I think if they if you heard someone say that, your first instinct would be to be like, you don't like music at all? Like I could understand maybe not wanting to go to concerts, but if someone says, like, I don't like music, I don't listen to music, I don't fall like it's one thing to say, like, I don't listen to current music, but, like, how rare is it for someone to not listen to or care about music in any way? It's so much rarer than it is for people who uh, who don't care about sports, who simply turn a total – it's, like, nothing to them. I know so many people to whom sports is just, like – I mean, you refer to music as wallpaper, but I think it's, it's so much more so than wallpaper. It's, like um, – I guess I would say, like, yes, it's so ubiquitous because we enjoy it so much, not because it's just like, uh, you know, part of the, like a sort of like, uh, what do you call it? I don't think that it's a a static part of our lives. It's something that people like interact with and choose to enjoy. The other thing that you brought up was the sort of like amateurism or the sort of like low-level sport versus low-level music, the non-professional sides of it. And I actually think this is hugely a point in music's favor. Games are not sports. So, for example, when a person plays Candyland or something with their child, that's not a sport. When a person like is just interacting with um, their toddler and just like th- even so much as throwing a ball around, I would argue that that's not a sport. Not uh-huh. so the case when a child. Okay, well you're willing to let, let me just finish my thought here. But when any time a person so much as hums a melody, that is music. That is absolutely music. It doesn't just because it's like not on a album or just because it's like a extemporaneous tune. Uh, doesn't disqualify it from being it being music. The overhead of of actually producing music or enjoying music is so much smaller than the overhead of enjoying sports of any kind. And I think your argument that like business and stuff is like we enjoy the sport of it all. That may be true, but that does not mean that people enjoy sports qua sports more so than they enjoy music like people actually enjoy like you could i would actually say that like the the sort of like version of the sort of low level or like non-professional version of music that would be allegorical to your thing of like business is like sports would be like people live in rhythms like people walk around to a beat or something but i wouldn't argue that like the way people walk is is actually music i would though say that like anytime you sing anything to like a child or anytime you like have a tune in your head that's music and so many more americans enjoy music than sports okay Really enjoying the debate. A lot of strength Me too, bud. from I love Dave you. there. As we've acknowledged, <laughs> this is a, there's a fight to be had with music. But once again, I'm going to ask you, listener, and uh, Medina as moderator, to prepare yourself to have your whole mindset shifted. Consider, for example, Dave's case of a person who doesn't like music versus people. We all know people who say they don't like sports. Okay. I think that what they're really saying is 
uh, you know, I don't have the same intensity of feeling about sports that other people do, or I just, I'm not into it at all. And I can see that other people have this crazy intensity of their fandom. That's why it's possible to say, I don't like sports. People have had, if somebody says they don't like sports, either they don't like watching them and they've seen how intensely other people watch them or they don't like playing them. And they almost certainly were forced to have to do so in school or something. And so it's become a thing to them to not like sports, but to make that differentiation implies the huge intensity of importance that other people have for sports. And I think that that measure should be taken into account here that people don't, they're sure there are people who don't like sports, but the people who like sports like sports so much that it vastly, vastly overweighs that. Now, Compare that to music, the hypothetical person who says that they, that they don't like music. That would be kind of weird because you can just opt out of music. No one would go out of their way to say, I don't like music. No one's really bothered by the strands of music that come into your life. There are some people who go so far in their love of music that they, you know, picture like a you know 40-year-old guy who won't stop talking about Steely Dan or something. They can get a little annoying on that extreme. But basically being a non-fan of music is an option because they're just isn't that intensity and overwhelmingness of music in our life. Now, let me change, having destroyed Dave's argument, let me just bring up one more point that I'd like to make. Imagine a, which would you rather be? A completely deaf athlete or very sensitive to and enjoying music, but you're totally paralyzed in your body. I think that that really gets to the difference here because most people I think would rather be a deaf athlete than totally paralyzed and enjoying music. That's because they'd rather have physicality and sports as part of their life and not just be divorced from that world, but enjoying music. What? <laughs> I, I mean, I see where you're going, but like a deaf athlete has many, many other drawbacks other than just, he can't listen to music just as like a, what did you say? A I know you're, uh, you're just throwing in music as one of the things they lose, and it's not even that big of a deal. Uh, I don't think compared it's a helpful, to keeping music by losing I don't the think possibility it's a helpful of hypothetical at all. I, I think you were way off base earlier when you made this case that like people who don't like sports are somehow turned off by like the intensity with which other people like sports. In my experience, that's not the case at all. People are just like, ah, oh, that doesn't do anything for me, or like, I don't like. I just like, why do I care who scores more points? It's not because they're like, I mean, maybe as they grow older, they're like, ugh, I hate it when like I'm at a bar and people are shouting about a, a football game or something. But like in general, people are just like, I, they don't do anything for me. And in fact, usually that decision is made as a young age where people are like, yeah, I just don't like sports. I'm not a sports person. And it's not because like their friends, they're no, like nine year old friends are, are forced to say something about or... their relationship to sports because they can see how important sports are emotionally to other people. People who feel that way about music, no they just don't, even, they don't need to bother. About? You don't need to bother saying that if you feel that way about music, you just live your life. It's not a, you don't need to place yourself in contrast to this because it's not such a sweeping part of the well, fabric this is of interesting lives. actually because i think healy what you're actually we're actually going to drill down further in that the reason that actually people need to make a choice about these things i would guess and i would submit is actually because they're both activities that are recommended to children and at a certain point when you're young you need to decide are you going to play an instrument are you going to sing in a chorus are you going to play a sport are you going to be competitive and so children yes do have to decide like or they're with their parents help or something like 
oh, I'm I'm interested in music. I'm interested in sports. I happen I happen to be as a child interested in both of them very much. Some people are drawn to one. Some people are drawn to another. But the people who aren't interested in sports, people who don't want to play sports, I would submit more often don't enjoy sports at all. Whereas people who don't want to participate in music, which is to say people who don't want to learn to play an instrument or sing in a chorus or are even tone deaf and like actually are like quote unquote bad at music can still and usually do very much so enjoy music because it's much easier to be a participant of like listening to music when you don't enjoy it than it is to enjoy sports when you haven't enjoyed playing it especially as a child so people who like go ahead are you done? I, I don't want to interrupt. Yeah, well, I'll let you interrupt. Sure. Okay. Well, I think that I'm going to make my closing statement, but I'm going to use your analogy because I think it works to my benefit. Imagine the child who is encounters sports and doesn't like it versus the child who doesn't encounters music and doesn't care for it. That it's so much easier for the child to opt out of music. You can just walk away from it. You don't have to pick up the oboe or whatever. You don't really listen to it. It's not a big deal. You don't have to talk about it. It's no problem versus other people get super into it as players or enjoyers or critics or whatever. But the person who doesn't like sports, they have to be oppositional because Americans enjoy sports so much more. It's just so much a part of our life, so much a part of our calendar, so much a part of our days of the week. They're associated with sports. It's a little hard to see how vast sports is because of how integral it is to our lives that's basically what i've been trying to get at this whole debate but i asked the reader or the listener to come with me and see how big sports are and then see how relatively small music is and that speaks to our preference i don't i think i'm gonna pass on my closing statement i think i'm done the defense rests (laughs) um you know i was listening intently to this debate and I was imagining a sort of a rereading of the topic, which was if we took either music or sports away, you know, which, which would be a, a, a deeper cut to the American sort of personality. And is that something that the topic mm. is trying to get at? And although somehow I personally think it's more American to like sports than it is to like music. I think Dave completely convinced me that in a numbers game, we just prefer music. It's more prevalent. And that sports, although it is huge, is is sort of like dwarfed by that by just the number of opportunities that there are to engage with music versus versus with sport. Now, Healy, I think the problem is that you got sucked into the cycle of trying to to hit Dave on some semantics and at the end you 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 were you were saying, well, you know, sports is really integral to the American experience, but I felt like we didn't quite get there outside of your opening statement, and and I needed a few more paragraphs from you about that. And I think you you might have won if you had done that. Does that disappoint you? Severely? Yeah, I mean, look, obviously, <laughs> if we're talking about number of interactions you're going to have with sports versus music you can make the case that you just deal with music more and so we prefer it i think i was getting to which is more important to us 
in our whole understanding of ourselves and our philosophy and how our world is organized. And I feel like I made a strong case, but I understand it's, it's a little hard to see that vision. And uh, maybe, yeah, maybe it would have taken, maybe it would need a, a couple hours of Use YouTube videos <laughs> and presentation. Can I, can I offer a point? Here's a point that I was afraid you were going to bring okay, up. Okay, cool. Because I, I thought that what's interesting to me about this is that, like, if I, I think you're right about this idea that like people prefer people who do prefer sports mm -hmm. prefer it on a much deeper level mm -hmm. often to people who prefer music so that if you're like if it's just a like binary do you prefer music or sports or like do you like sports yes or no do you like music yes or no that music might beat sports but the argument i was afraid you were going to make is like Americans vote with their pocketbooks mm -hmm. and like the okay, thousandth yeah. most pop, the thousandth best athlete in America is a multi multi-millionaire and like the thousandth most successful musician is like just getting by. Yeah. But mm -hmm. that's, uh, you know, there's different ways to measure that. Okay, since we're playing phrases, hey. this is an argument. I was afraid <laughs> you were going to make. I love playing phrases. Yeah, phrases is good. But I was afraid you were going to say, imagine going a year without sports you could do it i mean real sports mm -hmm. fans would suffer it's mm -hmm. kind of happening this year right now imagine going a year without music you would it would yeah, be it's pretty wild by, by february you would be in tears like and you would want to listen to music just to process the emotions you were feeling missing music yeah uh, you would, well, you would right. die that's a good phrase easy right mm. wow okay great debate well, guys it's so good to be doing this again it feels I'll good say. Can I tell you, I talked to, I talked to a very small number of people every day. And so to really engage with a couple of bright guys and to have you really duke it out, it's, it's very nice for me and it feels therapeutic. Do you think our brains are getting weirder in isolation? Yeah, for sure. Well, hey, maybe, maybe we can help the listeners hear, just hear some conversation. I I think that the readers should be encouraged to like listen to these debates and picture us in your backyard, socially distanced, as if we're all there together in person. Right, you know what I mean? Just right. Feel free to sit in your backyard, put on the podcast, and crack open three like beers that. and put them at six feet distances next to chairs where mm -hmm. me, Dave, and Dan would be sitting. Mm -hmm. and, and ask your neighbor, and have your neighbor ask you, have you lost your mind? Is everything okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening to my podcast, bro. Uh, well, okay, guys. We will see you back here so soon, I hope, on The Great Debates. The Great Debates is produced by Mark Caricello. The theme song was composed by Christopher Knight. The debaters are Steve Healy and Dave King, and the podcast is moderated by Dan Medina. <laughs>